0: Was a program
1: created for the real Grand The Oil Company. A of He's years. A medium height ran Number two,
0: medium height also ran departments of the largest cities in the West, joined today with the officials of fire departments, sheriff's officers, and other emergency departments, in paying tribute to one of their greatest allies in the war on crime, Rio Grande crack Japanese. For it is this outstanding brand, more than any other, which enables radio police cars to answer your call for help within two minutes, which feeds fire engines with break next to city streets which takes precious seconds as an ambulance rushes for In appreciation of the important part Rio Grande the Crash Japanese plays in their daily work, police officials open their confidential files so that you, who are also users of Rio Grande Crash Japanese, can hear on calling all cars the truth about crime. Appreciation of the improved performance and the outstanding economy afforded by Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline. Officials of a score of cities and counties have again awarded yearly contracts to Rio Grande, specifying cracked gasoline exclusively to power the finest and fastest cars on the roads today. If you who listen to calling All cars enjoy this program, we ask that you show your appreciation by driving into your neighborhood independent station and saying. Give me the Grande Crack, the same gasoline the police car use. And now we present Chief of Detective H.S. Sigger of the Los Angeles Police Department figure. Speed is an important factor in crime detection. Clues fade rapidly and unless followed immediately, the criminal may elude justice for some time before he is finally brought in. To follow such clues, police detectives must be painstaking and must have the initiative to follow on their own quickly and without orders from headquarters all leagues they may discover. I'm happy to say that the Police Department of Los Angeles has such men on its staff, and tonight's dramatization of the sighting and capture of Killer Hudson and his companions will show. A measure of the, su- of the success of these detectives may well be attributed to the help given them by the very citizens who were able to consider bits of information that acted as signposts to guide them on. If you are, I sincerely hope that you will cooperate with them in bringing to justice the criminals they seek, whether petty thieves or murderers. (music) A few nights before Christmas, three years ago, Alfred Kahn, the proprietor of a malt and bottle supply store on South Vermont Avenue, is preparing to close up shop when a pair of young men walk into the place. Oh. Oh, good evening, boy. Anything I can do for you? Don't oh, make no noise. You want to go? And Hand you? it over. well, what do you call a don't you understand, English? is a hold-up. See this gap? We mean business. Oh, Where's that dough? Sir, I, I tell you, I, I haven't any money. But this is ain't so good this place. I ain't taking in much. All right, shut up. There's a the guy for just Bob, go through it. i take care of this guy. Okay. Now, you'll get back there in the washroom. Look here, boys. I ain't got no money here. I swear... Shut up. I... Get in there and stay there. I... Listen, you, I ain't I... joking. You stay in there, or I'll blow your head I... off. How about it, Bob? I got all
1: the heads. Okay,
0: let's cram. There's no way to lock that door from the outside. I... Help! Please! Robert!
2: There they are. Stop dirty. Come out them with that gun, Bob. You, you can't steal money
0: from me. Hey, police. Shut up. You. Hey, hey, what's, what's going on, on here? What's going on you? here? are you? Oh, oh, you. I'm a deputy marshal. Oh, well, it's nothing, officer. Just a little argument. Well, look at all these people watching us. Put up your gun. Look, I'm not armed. Very well, but who's this? Ah, oh, my friend here just met a guy that has a grudge against them. Let him bite it out. No, oh, they can't do that. They'll have to take him in. Hey,
1: look here, you man. <laughs>
2: i I'm on with uh, me, you sneaking flat bone? Well, that's
0: one of them.
1: Look
0: out, Bob. I'm going to bump off the other one. Let me go. Oh, come on, Well, Let's get out of here quick. It's a matter of moments, almost seconds, before a police radio car has arrived at the scene of the crime. Detective Lieutenant Frank E. Ryan on his way home for dinner, seeing the crowd parked in car and investigate.
1: Oh, Iggy, what's trouble?
0: Traffic accident? Not this time, Frank, it's murder. One man stabbed to death and another shot. A halter. Oh nice mess,
2: isn't it? I, I saw the whole thing officer. I heard that young fellow tell the officer to put his gun away. They told him that he wasn't armed. It was murder, all right. Will
0: you please give this officer over here your name and address? Oh,
2: yes, I'd be glad. Do you think oh.
0: you could recognize these men if you saw them again? Oh,
2: I'd recognize that. Black-haired one
1: anywhere. I'll
0: uh-huh. tell to those terrible eyes look like a madman, I tell you. Well, Frank, here are a couple of clothes. Oh, hmm. Lola. Old style Ivor Johnson, huh? That's right. And this one's even better. Well, Billfolds. Any identification in it? Yeah, a receipt for a radio sold to a William Arrington and lives on South Bixler Street. Fine. I'm going to run that one down right now. An hour later, Joe Taylor, chief of detective, holds council of war with inspector detectives Davidson and detectives Joe Filkus and Bill Baggett. This doesn't look like an amateur's job to me. The fact that these fellows would commit murder rather than submit to arrest shows they couldn't stand a think. Now, it's my guess that they've done time somewhere before this. And from what all the witnesses say, they are plenty tough. I should run across them, boys, I don't want to take any chances. Be ready for trouble. Oh, hello, Frank. Oh, How'd you make out on that South Bixler Street address? I didn't. The manager of the apartment house says there's never been anyone called Harrington to live there since he took the place over six years ago. That's a bad break. If those birds aren't rounded up tonight, we won't have a chance in a thousand of finding them. Maybe the fingerprints from that billfold and gun have made something. I'll call Barlow. Hello, Barlow? Taylor speaking. Get any prints from that billfold or revolver? Oh, yeah? Okay. Goodbye. Prince were too smart to do any good. Mm. like the cars are stacked against us in this deal. No. Wait a minute. Let me see the receipt for that radio. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Here yeah, it. Mm. A great works in furniture company. Now listen, Baggett. Take this receipt and go down there. Find out who that radio was sold to and what address it was delivered to. Yeah, but that place is probably closed. Well, there'll be a night nice watchman around there. Talk to him. Get to the man who sold that radio. We've got to get this thing tonight.
1: Oh, stop
2: your
0: banging. Stop it. You can't get in. Stop Well, open it up. Can't you see this bed? Oh. Oh. Oh, I beg your pardon, officer. I thought it was somebody wanting to buy a Christmas radio. Uh, they tested me half the night this time of year. Uh, yes, officer, just uh, step inside. I'll shut the door. Thanks. I'm trying to run down the sale of a radio. Here's the receipt for it. Can you tell me who might have sold that machine? Well, now, uh, let me see. Uh-huh. This number here, 1768, see it? Yeah. Well, that's the salesman's number. Let's just look in my book here. Yeah. Uh, here we are. 176A. He's, uh, Harry Dobbs. Well, can you get, get him on the phone for me? Yes, I think I can. Uh, just step uh, back here, sir. Yeah. Wait a minute.
1: I'll
0: switch on this light. Now, uh, here we are. One, uh, two, one, four, five. Oh. They're ringing them now. Hello, Mr. Dodds. This is Lieutenant Baggett of the Los Angeles Police Force. I'm trying to get a line on the purchaser of a radio sold by you on November 16th. Yeah, I have the receipt here for a pronounced portable model made out to William Arrington. You do? Well, yeah. Yeah. Wait until I get that wooden down. Yeah, go ahead. There's the address. Fine. The whistle Arms. Fine. No, I can't stop to tell you what it's about now. Just read tomorrow morning's papers.
1: In
0: about a few moments, the detectives are interviewing the landlady, a twist for the bottom.
2: Oh, there's nobody but the name of Arrington lives here. Are you sure of that, ma'am? Yes, but the name of lived here before. You see, I just
0: took the house over two weeks ago. Well, who was the landlady before you? Mrs. Rudolph Frank. And where does she live? Well, now let's see. Oh, yes. She's at the Orange
2: Hill apartment house now.
0: The Orange Hill apartment? That's fine. Come on, boys. We're going to
1: interview Mrs. <laughs>
3: Yeah, there was a Mr. Arrington who lived there with his wife. He had a double apartment with Mr. and Mrs. O'Neill. And they did said, you
0: say they've moved, Mrs. Fang? Yes,
3: yeah, just a few days ago. Well, can were... you
0: imagine that?
3: Arrington was about twenty five years of age. How tall was he? Oh, I should say about six feet, and he had black eyes. What and... did
0: O'Neill look like?
3: Well, I should say he was younger. Around twenty one or two. He had light brown hair and his teeth sort of stuck out.
0: Would you call him a blonde?
3: Well, some would I guess. I think it would
0: be a lighter than Arrington. You have no idea where these people went, huh?
3: No. No, I haven't. It was took the suitcases case and their radio and we called a taxi cab and drove away.
0: Taxi cab? What kind of taxi cab? Why, um, let's
3: see, um... You've
0: got to remember, Mrs. Fang.
3: Well, I, I do remember, it. Well, what except, kind uh, was it then? A green top. Yeah, I- I'm sure. It was a green top. That's
0: fine, Mrs. Fang, and thanks a million. Come on, boys, down to the green top office. <laughs> very caught fine. The driver who called for Evington and O'Neill and their wives is located in faces the Preston detective. Detectives. Now, listen, Blackie. A lot depends on your memory. Within the last week, did you answer a call to the Orange Hill apartments and take away two couples, some suitcases, and a radio? Let's see. It uh, seems to me like this. Yeah, that was last Thursday, wasn't it? It might have been. Sure, I remember that shirt. Where'd you take them? Let me look up my book a minute. Uh, yeah, here it is. They went to the Shropshire Apartments on West 6th Street. Oh, yeah, that was where I carried their radio all the way back to apartment 3. And all this guy gives me is a dime. The radio was heavy, too. And then one of the broads asked me to connect it up, the noise. What did these men look like? Sort of tough guys, but they could be cut down to size. One of them had black hair and the other sort of meh color. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I guess we do. you remember anything else, Blackie? No, I guess that's about all. Okay, Blackie, and thanks. Not at all, not at all. Never hurts to be on the right side of the fence, if
1: you get what I
0: mean. Well, boys, let's get started for that 6th Street spot. (laughs) Atlanta was there, following each meter crew, the detectives arrived to stop to the apartment on 6th Street. There, it's almost 11 o'clock. i suppose this is one of those places where they lock the doors after 10? I hadn't thought about that. Huh. it is. Oh? Huh? You have to ring the bell. No, wait a minute. That might spill the beans. We've got to get in there. Where well, is listen, You we wait here, I'll see if I can get in the back way. Well. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Ryan lets himself in by the back door of the apartment house, and a moment later admits his colleagues through the front entrance. They look about for the manager's apartment. we it is, number two. Who is it? Open up, ma'am. It's police officers. The police? the
2: matter? Well, what's the matter? What's happened? I want to know. Don't make any noise. I want to
0: know what's
2: the matter. Now, tell me this minute. I want to... You have to be more quiet. Well, all, well,
0: right, well, right, well, all right, all right. We better talk inside. Yeah, right. That's a good idea. You stay out here in the hall, Baggett. Let us know if you see anyone that resembles a suspect, okay? If you don't mind, ma'am, we'll step inside.
2: But I wasn't expecting visitors. Well, I hardly know what to do. I don't
0: mind us, ma'am. We're just
2: mm, All right. Now, for land's sake, what is the matter?
0: Well, man, have you a couple of tenants by the name of Arrington and O'Neill, uh-huh. possibly accompanied by their wives? Yeah, they're
2: well, nice. here. What have they done?
0: Well, there was a nasty shooting and stabbing scrape over on Vermont early this evening, and one man was killed.
2: And them fellas did it?
0: Well, we don't know about that, but we want to talk to them. Are they in their apartment now?
2: Well, I don't think so. I saw them go out about 9 o'clock, all four of them. I mean, heard them come back yet. Oh,
0: great God, Inspector. Do you suppose they have landed on us again? Are you certain they'll be back, ma'am?
2: Well, I hope so. I'd hate to be beat out of my rent. Wouldn't be so hard for them to sneak out of the back way with their grip. Oh, I've had it happen before. I'll just take a look in their apartment right now. Now, wait a minute. Let's see. Here. Yes, the key Number three. We'll
0: go with you, ma'am.
2: Well, all right.
0: You want to turn up, Bagel? No. All flat. Good. Keep your eyes open. We're going back to look at the apartment. Right. Here.
2: Here we are now. Number three. We are will knock
1: first. I am. I am. I am.
2: Well, yeah, I guess they're not here all right. So wait, wait. Wait until I switch on the light. Well, that's better now. Let's see. Well, yeah, I guess they'll be back. Look, here's their clothes in the closet and her radio's slow
0: here. That's fine. Now we'll just wait here, ma'am, until they get back. Well, so what can I do? You can help most if you just remain quietly in your apartment.
2: Yeah, all right. But look here.
0: Don't you go messing up this place. Don't worry, we won't. No, it's true. Uh, you ask that officer who's at the door to step back in. Oh,
2: all right.
0: Looks like these birds are wise to the racket, all right. Jumping around from one place to another every week or two. Hard remove every kind of poor job, huh? What a life. One skip ahead of the law. You'd think they'd learn. Yeah, but they're too stupid. You've got to be stupid to be a crook. I guess you're right there, Frank. You want to see me inspector? Yes, Bill. You wait in the landlady's apartment. Keep watching when you see this bunch come in. Give them plenty of time to get back here. We'll be waiting for them. All right. Uh, let's get the lay of
1: this
0: place. Hmm. double Apartments. I guess you was this store here. connect with the other half of the establishment. Lock from the other side. Well, then they might come in from the other apartment, huh? Eh? Might. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let me get up that lock. I think I can pick it open. I might just as well have something to do while we're waiting. For an hour and a half, the two detectives wait. Then, at half past midnight, they hear footsteps. Exchanging a meaningful glance, they draw a gun. Wait a minute. Something's flurry, Dale. Take it. that man, Bill? you there. Put your
1: hands behind you and
0: turn around. Come on, stand still. Here's a pair of braces for you. Shut up. What's this all about? That's what you're going to tell us. Keep your eye on this bug and these gals here, Bill. Come on, Inspector. Let's get the other guy. There well, he goes in that taxi with the lights off. Well, can you imagine that? Well, come on. Let's herd the rest of them in. Could you see him? No, he made his getaway in a cab. He didn't go through here. I was watching the door after they came in might have seen him. Yeah, he got out some way. Maybe you wounded him, Inspector, huh? Uh, I'm afraid not. Those shots were fired at the lock that jammed when I tried to get out of the apartment. Not at our departed plane. Although O'Neill readily admits his identity, he denies all knowledge of or complicity in the murder of the young deputy marshal or shooting of Albert Conn. The next day, Lieutenant Ryan takes O'Neill to the Cedars of Lebanon Hospital to face his victim of the previous night.
3: You may come in now, Lieutenant.
0: Thank you. Mr. Oh, yes, yes. I'm but all in all, not so bad. Oh, sure. It looks well. <laughs> they say you'll be out of here in no time. I hope so. Who's this with A hard robber. So you've caught them. Uh, good business with this lieutenant. This, uh, this is the man that tells you up then, huh? Uh, uh, that's one of them. He tried to kill me. Mr. Blackheaven will trot me. The guy's growy. i never seen him before in my life. You, you, you try to deny it. You little puppy. If, you know. I, if I divide his bear, Mr. Carlton, you must be
1: quiet.
0: You'd better go, Lieutenant. Very well. Come on, O'Neill. <laughs> Office at headquarters. Well, Inspector, Mr. Cullen just identified O'Neill as one of the two men who robbed and shot him. Is that to O'Neill? Oh, I guess I'm hooked, all right. Yeah. You ready to start? Yeah, I guess so. Send me Mr. Mogulford to take a statement. How much did you get for this job, O'Neill? Twelve bucks was my cut. Oh. Bill said he lost all the silver in the fight, and we only had $24 in table when we got back. 12 bucks for a human life, huh? Well, that guy had no right button in. Where's you going, O'Neill? How should I know? Oh. Are you sure you don't know? If I did, I wouldn't tell you, Dick. You've got me, aren't you satisfied? No. Are you? You want to take this rap by yourself? What difference does it make? Like? Besides, I don't know where Bill's gone. Only I'll bet he'd get as far away from Los Angeles as possible. On um, $12. $12 will take some guys a long way. O'Neill is booked on a charge of suspicion of murder. His wife and Errington's girlfriend are held two days, material witnesses. But when they convince the police that they know nothing about the case, they are released. With only O'Neill in custody, the work of the police is but half finished. Ryan ponders ways and means of arriving at a complete solution of the crime. Inspector, I'm convinced that this other man, Errington, or or whatever his name is, has a criminal record. Yes, yeah, but how are we going to locate him with nothing more than an eyewitness description? Well, there is a way. <laughs> it may take years. What's that? I'm going to start with the mug books of the holdup men, and I'm going to ask those witnesses one by one to go through them with me until we find the man we want. Go through it. Two weeks of consulting witnesses, one of them recognizes a picture that might be Ellington. The suspect is interviewed, but does not match the description of height and weight, and is furthermore by no means a professional criminal. Ryan continues his search with a mug book for a man taller than the first suspect, but resembling him otherwise. On January 23rd, 1931, just a month after the crime, he finds the mug of one William Hudson, whose picture is immediately and unanimously identified by the various witnesses as the murderer. Police bulletins bearing Hudson's, alias Errington's picture, and fingerprints are broadsided across the country. Finally, on February 7th, word comes that Hudson had been arrested in Salt Lake City on the vagrancy charge several days previous. On direction from Los Angeles, Hudson is held. And Ryan travels north with an Oregon boot, a leg iron weighing 30 pounds, to bring back his man. Hudson doesn't open up to Ryan until they're on the train on the way back. And then Ryan employs some subtle psychology on him. Well, now that we're all settled down, Ryan, I'm warning you, there's no use trying to get nothing out of me. What are you get here? I ain't answering no questions, see? Well, I hadn't intended to ask any. Well, that's a good thing, because I ain't the blabbing kind, get me? You can't make me talk. I'm tough, and I can take it, see? Say, you are tough, aren't you? (laughs) I wouldn't want to get in a jam with you myself. Yeah, and you'd be right there. Yeah, I guess there's plenty more like me. Take that little girl that was cashiering in that restaurant in Spring Street that you and O'Neill held up last month. You know, she told me that O'Neill did all the talking, but it was you she was scared of. Mm-hmm. Said it was the way you kept looking at her. She's a smart kid. Knows onion. Yeah, and that 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 girl in the drugstore out near West Lake Park. You remember her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What'd she say? She said she had hysterics for an hour after you left. Mm-hmm. She said she'd never seen such a mean-looking man in her life. Well, when I go into a place, I let them know that I mean business. Sure you do. I can see that. Look, this are so calm, you know. <laughs> he seemed to have plenty of nerve. No, he was a fool. didn't know what a tough guy was up against. Oh, come near letting him have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather You know I've often wondered? I wonder how you ever knew we were in that apartment waiting for you that night. Well, I had a hunt. When I got the door half open, I thought I saw something moving, so I took it on the land. Yeah? Where'd you go? Did in that taxi? Taxi nothing. I was up the stairs before you knew what was coming off went up to the ropes, jumped across to the building next door, watched you fellas look for me, and then come down the fire escape after you'd gotten tired and gone home. Huh. That's how it was, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess us the were pretty dumb that time. That time? Was there any time when you wasn't dumb? Well, I, uh, I can't seem to remember, Hudson, but uh, you know it's you that's wearing the Oregon boots on the fire. Thinking. Well, well, that's just because I slipped up. couldn't I have come by way of Salt Lake City where to pick up the ba- bag. Well, that's a way of explaining it. Hey. hey, tell me, Ryan, did anyone ever get away with one of those Oregon boots locked on them? Let me see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe there was a case four or five years ago up in Idaho fella got away and they didn't find him until three years later. How did he get the boot off? He didn't. It was still locked around the skeleton of his leg. Both of these men were brought before justice to answer for their crimes. Which they did in full on October the second, nineteen thirty-one, when they were hanged in Fulton Prison. Thank you. Ladies
1: and
0: gentlemen, don't miss the thrilling true case next week. Read about it and the many other cases which are now being broadcast twice each week in the new September issue of the Calling All Cars News. Any Rio Grande dealer will gladly give you a free copy of this unique publication of illustrated crime, movie, and radio news. Boys and girls will find a full page of gifts, which are offered free to all users of Rio Grande Cracks gasoline. Every time you purchase gasoline, you help some youngster get a junior detective outfit by merely specifying Rio Grande Cracks and you do yourself a favor as well. For no other gasoline on this market can give you greater speed or power. Very few brands can even equal the outstanding performance of Rio Grande crash. It costs no more to get the only gasoline that gives you police car performance. Rio Grande dealers, all of them independent merchants, unite in recommending thin clear Motor Oil to their customers. From practical experience, they have learned the folly of using oils that contain wax and useless petroleum jelly. At last, they have de dejellied oils made by Sinclair, which cost only 25 cents and 30 cents a quart in steel cans. Every Rio Grande dealer urges you to use Sinclair motor oil because you can unqualify the guarantee that it will never fail to lubricate your motor collector. 11
1: 5, 10 that's that's all,
0: And the oil companies.